it's being able to embody that inside of yourself and the emotions will slowly be shifted inside your body for you to update that memory and then for your younger self to be on your team and work alongside of the adult self because your conscious and your subconscious mind are doing two different things and that's where the self-sabotage actually comes from. My friend, welcome back. I'm Joanne Chan, your host of the podcast Find Joy with Joanne. Thank you for coming back every week and showing up for yourself to continue to learn and grow and staying committed to creating a life with joy, passion, purpose, and success in your own style on your own terms. And today's guest is a good friend of mine. You know, I posted the other day on my Instagram story saying that the best thing about having a podcast is that you are able to bring your friends to your show and just talk. So I met Sophie about three years ago at a personal development event and I was the attendee. So imagine the old Joanne feeling lost and confused and powerless and Sophie was one of the seniors who was there to support us and just there to serve. So Sophie is the founder of Sophie Leung Private Limited and the creator of the Align Success Method. She is a certified hypnotherapist, intuitive life coach, and EFT practitioner. She helps professional women reconnect themselves to live their life to the fullest with a true sense of purpose. She is incredibly passionate about serving and healing others. Her main mission in life is to empower women to reclaim their self-worth, to reclaim their voice and their authentic power to live a successful life based on their own terms. Since young, she has always known that she wanted to serve people. So as a young corporate woman, she was driven to succeed in this renowned multinational corporation where she could serve others. However, she felt that there was something missing. She felt unfulfilled and disconnected to herself. She then took herself through the process that she now takes her clients through to reconnect to themselves and their true purpose. Being disconnected from oneself can lead to feelings of burnout, monotony, confusion, and the feeling of loss. And during these uncertain times, she has been hosting events to support the collective to shift from stress, anxiety, and overwhelm to calmness and inner peace using various techniques. She wants every individual to know that they truly are worthy and that they matter in this world. So guys, help me welcome the one who cares deeply my friend, Sophie Leung. Welcome to the show, Sophie. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and I'm really excited to just have this discussion about, um, you know, what I do and also what we both do as well. So, yeah, um, so pleased to be here. I'm so glad you're here. So, obviously, I know you personally, but I would love yeah. to there with us, you know, people who are listening to this now to know more about your journey. So back then, mm. you were working in the corporate and like most people, you know, trying to climb the corporate ladder and you were indeed successful, right? But you yeah. felt and disconnected from yourself. So I asked this question first and foremost is because this is a very common um, for, you know, this is very common for a lot of people today, sadly. So based on your own experiences, can you talk to us about what really is the root cause to this common problem that we see in today's world? People who seem to have it all, but deep inside they felt something was missing, people who are successful, yet they are unfulfilled. Yeah, I mean, the real reason why they are feeling disconnected, um, especially for the women that I serve, is because that we're... Um, we're not connecting to who we truly are in terms of our um, authentic self. So this might sound a bit, uh, you know, too wordy. So what I would say is basically, in essence, it's not, um, people are not connecting to 
their strengths and what they truly enjoy. And that's why they start to feel disconnected. And I know this very well because um, I've been through the journey myself of being a young corporate woman and trying to succeed and climb the ladder. And it's not only about that, but it's also because, um, you know, in a corporation, there's a lot of like masculine energy and for women, especially um, that suppresses their, their truth and who they are as a, a woman. And that will impact their way of being in the world. And so that creates a, um, the feeling of disconnectivity because you're, you're suppressing um, certain emotions about yourself. Yeah, if that makes sense. Okay, so why do you think women, we tend to suppress our emotions? Um, okay, so when it comes to suppressing our emotions, we've been taught um, since young, you know, that, you know, you're not supposed to cry, you know, you need to be strong and you need to be like super independent. And there's nothing wrong with that because I'm strong, I'm independent, but... It's also um, when you are suppressing your emotion that will impact you as an individual because you're not really processing the emotions inside your body, right? Um, and that gets stuck inside your body because your body keeps score of how you're feeling at that point of time. And it's on a cellular level that it gets stuck inside your body. So um, going back to your question of the why, why are we feeling, you know, why are we like that is because of how society is conditioned. We're conditioned to think about, you know, not about emotions so much, but about the logical side of things like we, we go to school, we're taught about logic. We're, talk, we're not taught in schools about our emotions so much. How we feel, you know, impacts everything in our life, but we're not taught that in schools. And therefore, when we go to university, that's the part that is missing. And that's why we feel disconnected to ourselves as well. And especially when we go to the corporate world, when you go to corporate world, it's very go-getting. It's all about aggression. It's all about results. And results um, is very important, right? But there is a balance between, you know, getting results and also, you know, just letting things come naturally to you and just being able to flow in that moment. And so... Women especially, but also men have this, they suppress their emotions. And that's why people out there are getting sick because they suppress their emotions. They suppress who they are, their feelings, their thoughts, and that gets stuck inside their body. And I don't know about you, but when I was in the corporate world, I, I, I did that a lot. Like, no, I'm a strong person, I'm independent. And, you know, especially because there's internal politics in the corporate world, you're not supposed to show the true you and who you are, because if not, you're vulnerable. And then you get to like, you know, if you're vulnerable, that's it. You know, people will just like kick you left, right and center, right? So... Yeah, and so a, a lot of times suppressing the emotion for me, it got me to go to the doctor on a regular basis and I was exhausted, I was overwhelmed, I was full of anxiety, but I just suppressed it, right? Suppressed it. Um, and I remember when I was in the corporate world, this is where it took the toll of like how I was being. I actually fell asleep in my meetings because I was so stressed and the stress overtakes you. 
And then also like the anxiety and the suppression of your emotions, because you're not supposed, when you suppress your emotions, then you feel stressed. Is that not right? Yeah, so yeah, then then it does a lot to your uh, your body, your emotions, um, and your mental well-being. Yeah, it's so true because in school we never, we didn't get you know we didn't um get taught that we have to manage our emotions. It's all about emotion mastery, right? So when we get into the workplace, we numb our feelings. That is all we know. You know, we go for a drink after work just to you know numb ourselves out. So and. And you mentioned about the masculine and feminine energy, which is what I really want to talk about because um, <laughs> this is one of my favorite ideas, right? And, yeah. uh, and I'm intrigued by this idea because I remember our last conversation, uh, we briefly talked about balancing the two energies, but I want to dive deep with you on that today because for me personally, my, my leading energy is masculine energy. So I'm all about you know, doing things and achieving things. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here sitting, you know, talking in, the, in my podcast because it wouldn't happen. Um, I am just very being, being very honest here because you are also my friend. So I'm just very honest with you here. I feel yeah. like I'm kind of struggling to let things flow a little, you know. So whenever yeah. someone says, just go with the flow, the question I have is, um, I can't sit back and just let things happen. You know, I need to be in the driver's seat of my life. I need to measure my life is going towards the direction that I want to go. So I want to know because uh, masculine energy is all about taking inspired action and feminine energy is all about letting things flow. So how do we make sure we are sitting in the driver's seat of our life, not giving our power away, but also be willing to um, take our hands off the wheel and say, I'm just going to trust that what it means to be, it will be. Yeah, so it's it's an art and a science when it comes to balancing your masculine and your feminine energy. And it takes a lot of trust within yourself to know that everything is going to be okay. Um, and that requires doing a lot of inner work to know who you are and what you stand for. Um, and when it comes to the masculine energy, you're right, uh, Joanne, that it's all about go-getting, it's all about result-oriented. And that's good. We all need that in our lives. If we don't, then we won't go anywhere. But at the same time, if you're running yourself down to the ground and you're going for a goal and that you're not enjoying it, that's when you know that it's not really for you. So when it when there's sort of resistance and you're really feeling like it's a very big push, right? That's where you're not in your feminine flow. It means that when feminine energy basically means that you're just allowing and you're allowing it to receive. So I'll give you a simple um simple analogy or example so um you know sales for example like you have hard selling and you also have soft selling right so a lot of people out there um i i would say like there's so many people now online selling something right so the aggression about it is like, oh, you know, I've got to get that sale and I've got to get it now on that call now, right? Say, for example. But then, you know, that kind of energy is not really attractive to people. What do, what do you say? So when it comes to feminine energy, it's being able to say, yes, okay, this is what I need right now. I need to get the sale, but also I'm focused on service, serving the person so that that whatever happens, I'm going to trust that the person will come back to me. So, and there's a power in that because when someone senses your energy of, oh, um, oh this person really trusts me, right? Because... Mm. Yeah, like this person is genuinely interested, right? Yes. But just needs to do certain things before the person comes back. 
So there's a difference that's masculine versus uh, feminine energy. So I know I didn't answer your question about how to balance it, sorry. <laughs> um, but when it comes to um, balancing it, it's really just being able to, for me, I know that it's just knowing that when I'm in the moment, in the present moment of, um, you know, I have a goal and I want to achieve it. If I'm pushing myself too hard and I'm not enjoying the process, then that's when I know that I'm not balancing it out. If I'm doing too much and I get burnt out, that's when you know that you're in your masculine too much. And it's being able to stop and really realize that, hey, you know, because when you're in your masculine and you're pushing too much, you might be in a tunnel vision to not see what other thing, you know, like the, the macro view of things. So then it's being able to slow down to speed up mm. faster. Yeah, I like that. Like we're to slowing down. Take a yeah. moment to just pause and look at ourselves at where we are at, right? How we are feeling, example, right? Mm. Okay, I love that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you answered my question. Thanks. Uh, thanks yeah. um, so I know your main mission is to help women um, to reclaim their self-worth, right? And yeah. power. So after coaching so many women, I'm sure you can see a similar pattern. So why do you think so many women today are struggling with low self-worth or struggling to, or they just find it hard to love themselves and showing out as who they really are and also being able to reclaim your own worth, your own self-worth and power uh, as a coach, what are some of your advice to women who are still struggling on this path? Okay, so there was two parts of the question. Yeah. Um, why are they um, experiencing all the self-worth and self-doubt? Yeah. Um, I think from my, well, based on my experience of the many, many women that I help, it's um, it's actually deeply ingrained in you know, the history of women, right? Mm -hmm. um, so this could go on for hours, but I will try to keep it short about the history of women. But um, when women have really experienced a lot of trauma, like generationally, like from generation to generation, we actually have fought hard to get to where we are with equal opportunities, equal pay, and I think that's really important. It's passed, this kind of trauma is passed down from generation to generation, from history, uh, based on history. And so um, there are so many different facets of it. So it's one also, um, you know, like if you imagine many, many years ago, like how women were like back then, Obviously, they were expected to be at home and, you know, do the work and be like the homemaker. And that's the whole self-worth and self-doubt kind of conversation of feeling small when you're at home. And, you know, like you're only supposed to serve um, the man, right? And so that, that whole conversation gets passed down from generation to generation. And then there's also, you know, like the relationship between men and women, right? Um, and how women have been treated. So um, that's one. And then there's certain, what I've seen as well is that if we're talking about the now, a lot of women are actually, um, in their, their past, the root cause of their troubles of self-worth and self-doubt is basically from their childhood. So um, in terms of their childhood, there's always someone, an uh, adult figure, and this is not only um, 
for women. It's actually including men, by the way. But there's somebody that actually made them feel a certain way um, to feel small or some traumatic event that happened to make them feel not good enough or um, feel inadequate. And that was the point in their life where they weren't able to express themselves fully as their authentic self, right? And so the whole self-doubt and self-worth conversation starts there. So um, I'll give you an example of uh, myself, right? So in terms of my um, self-worth and self-doubt conversation, it started actually when I was like less than five years old. So I felt that I wasn't worthy um, because my dad didn't really want me as a child. But that was only a, a perspective in a child's lens and in, on, on a conscious level and an adult lens, I know that he loves me very dearly, but that's how our subconscious works. It's layers of information that we've actually taken into our brains and into our subconscious mind, and it never gets updated. So that's the reason most women have self-doubt and self-worth issues. Um, and it's also societal perspectives, right? So um, how women are perceived. And if you look at, you know, all the magazines out there, and it's not limited to women, but yes, to a certain extent, more women than men. Okay, so for women, you see all the magazines, and it's all about this whole conversation of you don't have this, and therefore you're not good enough, and therefore you need to buy this thing to make you feel good enough. And that is so materialistic to a point that it kind of makes me sick. But at the end of the day, the worthiness is not based on your salary. Worthiness is not based on your job. It's not based on what you wear. I mean, yeah, it will add on to your confidence, but that is not the end all meets all. Because at the end of the day, it's really about who you are as a core, you know, as a soul, as a person, who you are. Because when you are born, you are born worthy. A baby has never been perceived as unworthy before. They don't do anything. They don't earn the salary. They don't wear pretty clothes or like have, you know, like certain, um, you know, jewelry that they wear. It's, it's, they're just very innocent. And that's what makes them worthy. Like in their pure innocence, they are, it's all about being. It's all about who they are. And that is what makes them worthy. Mm. So what would yeah. be your, some of your advice for women who are, uh, I'm not sure whether you answered that actually, but I want to ask again, just to make sure. So why is some of your advice for women who are still struggling? Like some are the practical, what are some of the practical tips that they can do or some of the questions they can ask themselves today um, to, in order to increase their self-worth? Yeah, for sure. It's really acknowledging. Um, so I'll ask them a question like, um, if you didn't exist in this world, right? Mm -hmm. um, what difference would it make to the people around you? That is a big question. Yeah. So, Joanne, if you didn't... Please don't ask me the question. Oh, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So this is a question that I always ask my clients because a 100% guarantee that there will be someone that you've actually made a difference to. Whether it's you know, the lady on the street, you know, cleaning or the auntie in the hawker, you know, you're always making a difference. There's always a, um, somebody that you've made a difference to, right? And if you really don't think so, um, 
I would highly recommend you really look at, you know, where in your life do you make a difference to others? And that's what, um, what you can ask yourself. So when I ask myself that, like, if I didn't exist today, right, my family dynamics would be very different. There wouldn't be a quirky Sophie to, like, make it so interesting. Um, my friends, you know, that rely on me for a safe space that wouldn't exist, for example. So my advice to them would be, you know, ask yourself this. Really um, be open to seeing what is the difference that you make in other people's lives. And then I would say that if that's hard for you, I would highly recommend to look at the things that you um, have achieved in your life. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about salary. I'm not talking about that. You know, like it's, it could be very small things that you feel happy about. And for example, you know, like waking, just acknowledging yourself, you know, for small things like, oh, you know, um, I woke up for today, you know, sometimes that I can tell you that I've been at that stage where waking up in the morning was very hard. And so like, and it's not because um, of anything, but I was just in a very dark place at that point of time. So being able to wake up was very hard. And so acknowledging yourself to build your self-confidence and self-worth that would really help as well, like acknowledging what you, you've done for yourself. And it's all about self-care as well, being able to connect to yourself and care and connect to who you truly are. I keep on saying who you truly are, like yeah. just being able to see your inner strength and be able to um, know what, what brings you joy and then also doing more of that you know being to being able to take care of yourself well so I know that I went backwards <laughs> but I'll, this way I will go forwards which is first of all when you want to build your self-worth and self-confidence it's really about knowing what brings you joy and doing more of it mm. right yeah. So everybody is unique and it doesn't matter what it is. It could be making a cup of coffee or making a beautiful salad or going hiking, whatever it is, do more of that. And just really be in the present moment when you are doing it. Mm. Um, second of all is really taking care of yourself through those moments and also your body, the nutrition that you eat, those matter because without that, there's nothing to build on. And then third of all is um, to acknowledge yourself. Acknowledge who, you know, those baby steps that you've taken. People think that, you know, like accomplishment or things to uh, acknowledge yourself, it, it has to be like, you know, winning an Olympic medal, but it doesn't really have to be. Like I said, it's it's as simple as I woke up today and I did something for myself yeah. or I helped somebody, right? And then fourth of all is then building towards knowing your strengths, knowing your what you're good at, to be able to know who you are and what you stand for. And then going wider is really, you know, like what difference do you make in the world? And if you didn't exist today, what a different world it will be in other people's lives. Yeah. So those are the, the steps that I would say to, to work on your work. Yeah, thank you for breaking yeah. down that, the stats for us. Um, I really love the question, like, 
what difference would, would it be, you know, if you wouldn't exist today? Um, and it's interesting. I know you mentioned about self-care routines, which I was about to ask you as well, but you kind of answered that. So, um, oh, that's okay. Yeah, you know, it's, it's quite interesting because now it's still pandemic, it's still going on. And then you start to yeah. really, then you start to see a lot of people talk about, you know, how important it is to take care of your mental well-being. But taking care of your mental well-being shouldn't be something that when a pandemic happened, then you realize, oh, I need to take care of myself. It should be on top of our everyday to-do list, right? To take care of ourselves, for example, like, like what you said, you know, do something that really brings you joy and do more of that, right? Yeah. So you share with us like some of your self-care routine because I know you you wake up at like I don't know five or six a.m. to meditate. <laughs> it's really amazing and beautiful. So um share with us like what do you do? Like what are your some of your self-care routines and how it has improved your the quality of your life? Yeah, definitely. So I have never thought of myself as a morning person. Uh, I just, you know, put it out there. I always thought I was a night owl. And um, I totally understand people that when they say that, but I just felt, you know, like it was important for me to become a morning person. And the reason why I wake up at 5, 6 a.m. every day now is because the first person that you should give to your to in the morning is yourself Mm. and so before you even touch your phone and go on social media and fill your brain with other thoughts and other people's comments it's so important to just receive love and attention from yourself because that will fill you up and you will feel good about yourself. So that is the tip that I have to say that those that are trying to be morning people know that you know it will fill your cup up mm. and it will f- allow you to feel good about yourself. And it gets addictive, right? Yes. So um, then do whatever you feel is, you know, like, right for you but for me what I do is I make sure that I do yoga um, in the morning Um, stretching to me is really important because I'm getting older and less flexible (laughs) no so flexibility to me is very important and I it just makes me feel really good and the energy about it it just feels good And then I will go into uh, meditation to clear my mind and to make sure that I come back to my body and center so that I'm fully present. And whatever things or junks that I have in my mind, it's, it's clear. So those are the morning routine that I do. And I also journal. Um, what I want to achieve that day. And it's not a long to-do list because I want to feel good at the end of the day. So what I do is I have one or two things that I want to get done and anything else will make me feel better about myself. And then in terms of other things, I'm a very adventurous, um, very sporty kind of person. So I'll make sure that I'll do um, workout, whether it's half an hour or an hour, I'll go out and actually work out um, five times a week. Yeah, so that's the self-care. And I love, love, love good nutritious food. So that's what I will do, like I cook and I have a lot of self-care routines I can talk about it till the moon comes, you know, like the cow comes home. There's there's a lot that that brings me joy. So those are the main things that I do for self-care. Um, and as a treat to me, as a self-love thing, I like to go to the onsen. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah. Uh, so is that self-love or self-care? I know there is a difference, mm-hmm. a, a, a subtle difference between the two, right? Because self-care isn't really a self-love. Like self-care is all about activities that you do to love yourself, for example. So what are the differences? Um, it's a really good question, actually, what the difference is between it just came out, you know, yeah, it just came out. And no, don't worry, and self-love. Um, I think that, I mean, it's pretty similar um, in my personal point of view. But it's really, when it comes to self-love, I think that also um, it's, it's doing things as, like, things that you feel that you don't necessarily, like, deserve in a way but kind kind of um in short it's something that you can treat yourself towards like being able to give you that self-love and self-care mm, yeah i thank you for that uh, so to me i think to me i always say that you know self-love is not about uh giving yourself what you want but giving yourself what you need so it's kind of like tough love to me. That's my own yeah. definition of self-love. So yeah, and thanks for sharing. And you know, many people who are yeah. listening to this, yeah, you want to add on? Um, yeah, I, I would definitely say that, um, yeah, it's about discipline as well. Mm. Like um, when it comes to self-love, it's important to know that you know, when you look into the mirror, your brain will always hijack you, right? So saying that, you no, don't do that, um, you know, because it likes to be comfortable. But in the end, the most loving thing that you can do for yourself is the one that will be most beneficial, right? So for example, if you want to go and work out, Um, or you know that working out is really important, then, you know, that is self-love, being able to be disciplined enough to actually do it. And um, yeah, that's the ultimate self-love. I mean, like a lot of people out there, they'll say self-love is, you know, like other things. But at the end of the day, um, it's really being disciplined to know what um, to take care of you. Yeah, because I also work out a lot. So like, it's really hard, you know, sometimes you just don't feel like doing it, but you have to, you have to push yourself a little harder. And that's, you know, self-love to me, because it's really about loving yourself and doing the things that you say you want to do and following on all your commitments, following through, right? On all your commitments. And yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I like everything you said. So I want to jump to the next question. So, you know, a lot of people who are listening to this, maybe they haven't, maybe they have worked with a coach before, or maybe they haven't, or maybe they are like considering. So can you talk to us about the benefit of hypnotherapy? Um, because that's what you do and also coaching. And maybe people yeah. right now, they have an issue, you know, uh, can be relationship issue or health issue or career, you know, or past trauma or something that they want to overcome. And there are so many mo- different modalities out there, right? For example, mm. therapy, life coaching, energy healing, EFT, tapping. So how do they go about choosing one path that will be the best for them? So talk to us about, you know, what are the benefits first and how do they go about choosing one? Yeah. Um, to me, I think that all mod- modalities um, have its own benefits. It really depends on the individual, where they are at. Um, in terms of their uh, journey, when I say like their self-awareness, what they need, is it someone that you just want to talk to, then a counselor might help, for example, or um, if it's something more severe, for example, um, you know, you have a psychological issue, like bipolar issue, then you go to see a psychologist. Um, Hypnotherapy, the Um, the reason why people would come to a hypnotherapist is because they are, um, they really want to overcome a cyclical behavior and they are interested in moving fast and also moving forward. Um, So when someone is ready for hypnotherapy, they would be more receptive to going very deep 
into their subconscious mind, their their um, traumas as well. Um, and then when it comes to coaching, people will go and find a coach because they're they're not so interested about the past, but they're just wanting to go from A to B and um, moving forward in the goals. And it could there's so many different forms of coaching. So you've got performance coaching, which is very common in corporations, um, but you do have it for, um, for other individuals as well. And then you've got, you know, life coaching where it goes deeper into, you know, your thoughts, your emotions, and that's really powerful as well. So many different coaching styles. And it's really like when you are finding someone to um, give you that sort of space, the most important thing is that you feel very comfortable and aligned to the person. Because if you're not feeling psychologically safe with that person or emotionally safe, then the effectiveness of the session will be impacted. The reason why I say that is because when you don't feel safe, you're not going to be vulnerable. You're not going to tell them the, the whole holistic truth of what is happening inside. So the most important thing out of the whole thing is that you check um, how you feel about the person. Obviously, you check their, um, your, their credibility as well. Okay. Um, I think when it comes to coaching, it's all about... Um, because I don't think people go to a coach and they ask for certificates, you know, like, do you have a certificate? But I think most important is like, do you have results? You know, your past clients, right? It's all about results. Because if you can show me that um, you can help me with whatever day I want to achieve or whatever day I want to overcome, then I will trust, you know, I will trust that you are able to help me with that. So I think it's all about results, right? Uh, that's my own opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so when it comes to credibility, what I meant was not the certification, but more of when it comes to coaching, okay? Yeah. Uh, when yeah, you yeah. go see a, see a psychologist or anything like that, um, yes. please check whether they're <laughs> qualified because that's really intense. But um, for coaching, at least, I mean, it's about results and um, what are the results that they and the method that they do for you um, as well. So, so long as you're comfortable with that, then yeah, and they get the results. That's the most important thing. The credential, I mean, when I say credentials, I, I should have said uh, certification. So the certification um, is less important when it comes to coaching. Yeah. But the rest, of course, you need uh, to see this, their credentials. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. And uh, so I have one last question I want to ask you because I know um, a lot of people actually ask themselves these questions often. Mm -hmm. um, so many people today are walking through life endlessly. And some of them are searching for their life purpose or they are searching for themselves. And we both yeah. have went through that journey and, you know, from being lost and unfulfilled to re reconnecting to our true self and found, kind of found our life purpose. So if you want to look back at your own journey today, at your own journey and how far you have come, what would you say to people who are still on the journey of searching for their purpose? You know, through your own coaching practice, I know you help people as well to find their purpose and reconnect to their true self. So how would you help them actually like with that? Sure. Um, I will answer that. Um, I also will answer your other question about what hypnotherapy and um, coaching is about okay. um, in more depth. Um, I'm not sure whether I answered that. So like when it comes to hypnotherapy, by the way, just wanted to share um, to the audience, yes. the power of hypnotherapy is that you're actually going deep to the deep into your subconscious mind so that you'll be able to access the very first time that you felt this way. And the power in that is that your body will always remember how you felt inside at that point of time. 
And usually, for example, if someone is feeling not good enough or inadequate or worthless um, in, in their work or whether it's in their relationships, right, then um, it usually comes from a stage in their life before they're five years old. And the only way that you're going to access that is through hypnotherapy, um, from my knowledge. But, um, or let me reframe that. Um, the most powerful way to access your subconscious mind is through hypnotherapy. And so where um, the data is stored inside your subconscious is in your subconscious mind. And there will be a trigger that actually is stored inside, but also it, it hasn't updated to your conscious mind. So in a conscious way, I know that, for example, I'm experiencing, um, you know, really toxic relationships and um, unhealthy relationships. I'm going from relationship to relationship and it's not working out. And I feel like a doormat. And the reason why I'm attracting that sort of person is because I don't feel good enough. And so I settle for someone that is the best, you know, selection at that point in time because of how I see myself. So if you go deeper, it's actually something that you learned when you were younger, that behavior, that feeling, that um, feeling inside. And that's where it resides, the, the feeling inside you learned it when you were much younger at uh, an age that is before five years old. And that kept on happening to you at some point of time, right? So consciously, you know you don't feel good enough. And you can tell yourself logically that you don't feel good enough and you need to change it. Mm. But it's very difficult to change it when it's stuck inside your body and it's stuck inside your subconscious mind. And so that's what where hypnotherapy actually benefits because you're actually looking at your um, the very first time you felt that way. And it could be something random, like your mom told you that, you know, you were worthless or you're, you're a nuisance and that would change your world. And it could be a memory that stuck with you since you were one years old or two years old. And that's what we're clearing. And each time that that happened, that's actually what we're doing. We're clearing and updating that memory so that you are able to feel take back your power and feel that you are in control of your life. And so that's hypnotherapy. Yeah. So do you help them to reframe the, the story they have been telling themselves? Like once we look at, okay, so all the way back to like maybe four years old, when this happened, my mom said this to me. So then what do you do to help them release that, the, you know, the narrative they have been telling yourself? Yeah. So um, it's, when you're in hypnotherapy, you're in a very deep uh, meditative state. And so um, we use somewhat like coaching, but not really. It's being able to take you through an experiential, like um, an exercise that it feels like you are inside and you're actually living that memory again. And so um, it's getting you to get in touch with the younger self, to talk to the younger self, to actually tell the younger self that you have actually changed. And this is actually the truth of the matter. So I'll give you an example, like um, going back to my example of I never felt good enough because I discovered that my dad didn't want me. That's not true. So in the um, hypnotherapy sessions, it was me, the adult self, talking to the younger self to actually say, hey, actually, it's not true because, you know, dad um, really loves me and this is how it is. And so it sounds a bit, you know, 
cryptic in a way, um, but it is an experience that you have to go through yourself. And it's, it's being able to embody that inside of yourself and the emotions will slowly be shifted inside your body for you to update that memory. And then for your younger self to be on your team and work alongside of the adult self because your conscious and your subconscious mind are doing two different things. And that's where the self-sabotage actually comes from. The self-sabotage comes from your limiting beliefs or the triggers, the emotions that you've actually picked up when you are younger. That's learned behavior. It's really powerful, right? To go back and talk to your younger self and tell her what is the truth as an adult. Because I believe when we were much younger, we indeed were powerless. We didn't know anything, right? So it's just taking whatever that we know from the people around us, and then we form our own belief system, and then we believe it's true. So it's really a powerful experience. I, I believe I personally went through that, but not to that extent. I would love to try that. Um, and <laughs> yeah, anything that you want to add on? Because yeah, about soon. Uh- yeah, um, so um, I promised you that I would answer your last question, which was about purpose. Yeah. Um, so in order to, um, the, the process that I actually take the, my clients through is um, basically getting them to clear out the root cause of what is getting out, getting in their way, what is blocking them. Right. So usually my clients would come to me for self-worth or self-confidence issues. And then it's really diving deep into the root cause to find what is blocking them. The reason why this is so important is because when you are able to clear that, you will be able to see the more possibilities for yourself. So a lot of people are like, oh, but I just want to get there. And can't I just get there? Yeah, I mean, you can, but then your mind, you're, you're going to self-sabotage yourself all the time. It's just like, oh, I want to be this. And then you're just going to be like, but I can't get there, you know, like, or you, you choose something else instead. And so that's why I focus so much on you know, diving deep into clearing those blockages and then for them to really redesign their life based on their own terms. Because normally when you have a blockage, it's because you gave your power away, now gave your power away to someone else. So when I say your power, it's basically saying your your choice, your your um your ability to to have the control within yourself so i would say a lot of people i don't know about you but asian asian families especially they will have like this very dominant you know like parenting figure and so that parenting figure would have you know told them what to do and you know that would impact their self confidence right and then their voice and their authenticity doesn't show up mm-hmm. as much. So that's where that that's where you've given your power away to that person, the authoritative figure, right? And so we're taking that power back so that you can see more for yourself and then redefine your life according to your terms. So being able to define what success looks like to you, define your life according to what you feel is good and what brings you joy. Because a lot of corporate women, they like have been, we've been conditioned in society to say, oh, we need to get a job, we need to get married, you know, all that. But actually anything is possible anything. I never imagined myself being a hypnotherapist. If you told me five years ago that I was going to be a hypnotherapist and a coach, I would be laughing at you. 
right? I, I never imagined that I would be an entrepreneur. I always thought that I would just be climbing the corporate ladder and, you know, continuously working from a nine-to-five job, right? But then it's when it comes to finding purpose, it is what you, what makes your heart sing? What are you very passionate about that, you know, gets you, you know, jumping for joy and giving you that, you know, excitement? Yeah, exactly. It's that excitement. So building your life around that. And yeah, a lot of people that I serve, women that I serve, they'll always say, oh yeah, but what about the money? Yes, we need to be practical at times, but also it's a balance between, you know, the financial stability as well as, you know, what excites you. So I always say that when it comes to, you know, your purpose, it's always about something that excites you and then the money will follow. Because when you're so excited and passionate about something, then, you know, the energy that and the way that you show up in the world, the way that you interact with people, people will feel that energy and you'll be so good at what you do that everything will follow for you. And that's also the feminine energy because it's really like being in the now and the present and allowing things to come to you. I totally agree because I believe money is also a form of energy. Money is just energy, it's vibration, right? Um, that's mm-hmm. why we, because I recently like I started learning about law of attraction, so that's how I got to know. Anyway, um, I can talk to you for hours. Uh, thank you so much for sharing so openly with us today. And we are going to end with our final five rapid fire questions. So I know this is kind of a surprise, but don't worry, it's just... <laughs> Just have fun with it, all right? So every question has to be answered in one word or one sentence maximum, all right? You can do that. Are you ready? (laughs) Again. Okay, let's go. So first question, describe yourself in three words. I'm loving, authentic, and um, worthy. Yeah. Oh, love that. Wow. Okay, second question. If you could live your life all over again, what would you do differently? I wouldn't um, change my life at all. Like all the experiences, all the trials and tribulations that I've experienced, um, I, they formed who I, w- I am today. So without those ups and downs, I think that I would have been a completely different person so I love who I am today and um, who I am becoming and and so I don't think I would change anything I know that's it's longer than one <laughs> sentence yeah basically it's nothing right what you're saying is just I wouldn't change anything which is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah beautiful okay third question what is something that you are trying to learn or curious about right now oh um Oh, this is hard because there's so many things. A lot of things. Okay, a lot okay. of things. You could just name one. Uh, spirituality. You know, being um learning about spirituality, energy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Four questions. If you have five minutes and the whole world was listening, what would you say? That you really matter in this world and you are deeply worthy. Everybody is connected and kindness is important. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and the last question, of course, I know you actually you mentioned this a lot of time throughout the entire podcast. I really want to thank you for that because my podcast is basically about finding joy. So last question is, what brings you joy? One word or um, one <laughs> I know I'm really bad at this, <laughs> but so much to talk about. What brings me joy? Um, family. Yeah. Wow. Family. family. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out. And I'm sure a lot of people want to get to know you more. So where can I send people to you? 
Um, yeah, so they can follow my Instagram um, at Sophie Leung, oh, sorry, at Instagram.com forward slash Sophie Leung uh, Co. So um, I'm sure you're going to put that yeah. in the description. Yes. Yeah. And they can always uh, book a call, a uh, discovery session, and it's com complimentary. Okay. Uh, so, so Instagram yeah. is, the, is where you are most active, right? Um, Instagram and Facebook, and oh. I'm currently redoing my website. So if anyone wants to know, it's sophieleung.co, but it's not built yet. <laughs> okay, maybe by the time this episode is out, they will be ready. All right, guys, yeah. go follow Sophie. Check out all the amazing things that she's doing. And if you're not following me, then follow me at joyan.chan. And if you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave you with every other episode. Show up. The world needs you and you need you. Thanks for listening. Yes. And I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you love this episode, take a screenshot of this and share it on your IG story and tag me at findjoywithjoyen underscore podcast and tell me what is your biggest takeaway. I would love to know and I would love to connect with you. And if you would like to support me personally and support my mission, then please help us rate and reveal the podcast at Apple Podcasts. I read all of them. And until next time, my friend, show up. The world needs you and you need you. You need the best version of yourself every single day. So always strive to be the best you can be in this present moment. Again, thanks for listening and I will see you soon in the next episode.